taking a look at the Viridian Cannabis Deal Tracker, checking out uh, deal flow, where money's going, either acquisitions, uh, you know, mergers, uh, loans, all that good stuff, um, transactional activity in general. It's only entertainment. Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. We saw that there were five fewer transactions and $254 million in lower volume uh, than the previous week. So compared to last year's same week, seven more transactions closed with $192 million higher volume. Average deal size, $21.6 million versus $700,000 last year. Overall deal activity was thin. Both equity and debt issuances is dominated by a single issue. There were six equities that were closed for a total proceeds of 66 million. Approximately 50 million of the total was funds raised by AYR strategies through a warrant exercise. Three debt issues closed for a total proceeds of 128 million, led by the 120 million Verano Holdings credit facility upsizing. We also saw some cannabis stocks drift slightly lower for the week, uh, measured by the Advisor Shares ETF, uh, which is down 45% from its February peak. They must not be using automated algorithmic trading because our cannabis ETF is uh, our, our cannabis fund portfolio rather is up over 100% um, over the last 52 weeks. So. Um, but for the second week, there's tier one multi-stat operators hit the hardest. Um, so Ascend Wellness down almost 10%. TerraSend was down seven. Um, so some big gainers and losers. Harborside was down 50% year to date. Um, Tilray is up somehow. <laughs> Organogram is up 75%, which I like their, they've got some automation. Uh, Hexo, I like their automation too, but Hexo has got a lot of debt. Um, I don't know anything about Organograms uh, management either. I just, I'm looking at anybody in Canada who's got automation because everybody else is going to fail. Um, I don't know if Aurora and Canopy Growth are done writing off uh, as much as they have. Some of these other companies like Lowell Farms, they started out super, super sketchy. Um, a lot of their deals out of California went bad with the pre-rolls and the, the lounges and everything else. Um, consortium up 9%, but it's five digits ending in F. So I want to make sure that they're DTC eligible, that they have a licensed um, active um, individual that's, that's able to, um, to take in their stock certs. And looking at total capital raised year to date, 2021, uh, 10.6 is now approximately um, 0.34 billion lower than the same period in 2019, but U.S. capital raises are a lot more robust. So U.S. equity raises, they're up 828 million, or that's 21% of the U.S. debt raises uh, compared to 2019. So Canada's off sharply, equity raises are down 48%, uh, and debt is down 17%. One of the largest equity raises uh, was, happened on October 20th with uh, Air Wellness, uh, sixth largest MSO by market cap. They have the lowest valuation in the group, but they also have the highest 2021 to 2023 expected revenue growth. 
So AR management believes its stock is undervalued, that the company's board approved a plan to repurchase 5% of the shares. I mean, nobody in, I don't understand this, 40% of the whole bull market that we're seeing as a result of stock buybacks. So do we really want to incentivize uh, CEOs short-term uh, uh, need to, to get their bonuses? That's all stock buybacks are. Yes, short-term, your price goes up. Shit, don't, don't, aren't you investing so that the company can do something with it instead of writing money off like Aurora and Canopy and soon to be air? Like if you're buying stock back, get out of here. That's crazy. Massive red flag to me. Look at public company listings. Seven of the nine companies that raised capital were public. All seven trade in Canada, five on the Canadian Stock Exchange and two on the Toronto Stock Exchange and all seven trade in the US, six on the OTC and one on NASDAQ. Uh, equity versus debt raises. Equity was accounted for six of the nine raises and 34% of the capital raise. Um, so that's interesting. That's only 34% of the capital. So that means... Um, a lot more people are going for debt, so they they don't they don't believe in the current valuations and or being um, potentially diluted from future warrants or um, or stock issuance. So they're going to go after tangible property, plant, and equipment on the debt side. So that tells me that there's a lack of trust in some of the management and or current valuations. So. That's going to be interesting to see how that rolls out. The largest, most interesting debt deal happened on October 20th with Verano announcing it added an upsize to its senior secured term loan, $250 million, adding an incremental $120 million. Uh, it's 8.5% um, interest rate, so that's not bad. 18-month maturity, that's pretty soon. It's a senior, uh, senior secured. Uh, they have an option for a, an additional $100 million in um term debt at the same term. So, I mean, that's, that's not bad. It could be a lot worse. So illustrative uh, of the deal of declining effective costs for debt in, in large MSOs, they're not having to borrow uh, at high, higher rates anymore. So continuing the downward trajectory that uh, Viridian pointed out um, for the cost of capital. So reducing cost of debt in stark contrast to the reception the group has seen in equity markets where the prices um, have declined by 45% from the February peaks. The decline in debt costs result from improvement on issuers' credit quality and increased presence of well-funded institutional lenders like the participants um, that have funded some of these deals. So within just this year, we kind of seen prices almost cut in half. I'm curious if that's more of a result of so much money being printed from quantitative easing and people needing just to throw it somewhere and the u.s is the cleanest dirty shirt in the room canada is way too overvalued and no one else has a regulated marketplace so you're not really sure you're going to get your money back so the rates are getting cheaper um because there's so much capital uh, i find it interesting that just in like nine months it basically the rate is half of what it was so i mean that's good um, you know, but I think there's also some side effects to that. And I don't think that it's going to be permanent. Um, I think prices are going to keep going lower and lower as cannabis becomes more and more normalized. Um, but I don't think this is going to be available to everybody. I think that would be unrealistic to even, um, assume that. So there's some evidence that the market is 
rationally pricing the credit quality of these multi-state operators. So looking at uh, the effective rates of recent transactions against the issuer's credit ranking, um, we can kind of see that um, Jushi is a little bit higher in price versus TrueLeave, who might have more property plant equipment. Jushi is newer uh, than Cresco, um, who may have more licenses and, and um, collateral. So maybe more, more comprehensive look at the credit quality of Verano relative to other public MSOs with the $750 million market cap. Verano ranks as a third best credit of the group based on um, the information available, consistent with the pricing of its upsized credit facility. Verano is the second lowest debt to market cap of the group and the highest uh, in, uh, consensus for their uh, EBITDA. So Viridian is expecting to see a continued debt issuance from these multi-state operator, multi operators or MSOs. They're going to try and build out um, newly acquired licenses and pursue that accretive acquisition, how they're going to do that with you know people going delivery, um, bypassing some of these rec shops, and you're buying commercial prices at all-time highs when people aren't really going into work and traveling. So I'm curious if this is the wisest move for M MSOs. Um, we'll see. Looking at capital raised by sector, five of the week's nine capital raises came from cultivation and retail. So obviously retail is still there, but um, getting that vertical integration um, for seed to sale. Looking at mergers and acquisitions. So there's only two closed M&A transactions compared to three in the previous year period. Um, Viridian, they've chronicled 265 transactions year to date in 2021 compared to 71 last year. Public companies were the buyers 85% of the time this year versus 89 last year. So pretty spot on. Um, 186 U.S. targeted M&As year to date with a record $8.3 billion in total consideration. That's cash and stock. So both transaction numbers and total consideration exceeded the values recorded in each of the last two full years. One of the key drivers of the M&A wave has been increased deal sizes. So when you look at the price consideration for non-cultivation year to date, it's two times all of the uh, previous full year amounts. So people are, are definitely going after uh, brands and multi-state operators um, trying to grab what they can. So it looks like there's a bit of a frenzy out there. The largest M&A deal came from Innovation Industrial Properties IIPR, the first and only New York Stock Exchange listed company focused on U.S. cannabis industry. They closed an acquisition of a 200,000 square foot facility in California. Um, the purchase was 51 million with an additional 9 million allowance for improvements used as a cultivation processing facility uh, for a vertically integrated company called Gold Flora. High Tide was another interesting one, $286 million market cap retail focused Canadian company. It looks like a leading online retailer of hemp drive CBD products in the UK. Total consideration is 5.8 million an additional 6.7 million in stock. So looking at public versus private acquisitions, both of the week's two acquisitions were made by public companies and the mergers, buyers and sellers in, in the deals were um, from the following sectors, cultivation uh, and retail for the acquirer, uh, as well as retail 
Uh, the targets were hemp and cultivation and retail companies. Definitely a lot of companies out there trying to raise capital, um, some better than others. Most of them are generating revenue. So if you're out there looking for capital, make sure that you're already generating revenue because pre-revenue uh, pitch decks do not fly well in the face of uh, investors um, in this day and age right now. So um, plenty of people out there needing money, looking for money, um, and we will continue to uh, showcase Verdian Capital's deal tracker for mergers, acquisitions, any and all transactions for US and Canada come back to uh, the talking hedge for all your needs with that we're gonna roll this one up i'm josh Kincaid. this is the talking hedge don't forget to like share and subscribe or don't and i'm out don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got thanks for listening to today's show to check out more great cannabis podcasts go to podconnects.com here's a preview of one of our other shows Season 1 of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.